this is Stephanie Ortega, and you're listening to the Remix Movement Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Stephanie with the Remix Movement Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Remix Movement. Um, a few things I just want to say, because I know you can see me on YouTube right now. The first one is um, I really do appreciate all of the comments and the suggestions that are given by our listeners and by our viewers on YouTube. Um, everything that you have to say with regards to criti uh, criticism and improvements and things like that, I definitely take in consideration because I want to make the podcast as best as possible. I want to make them enjoyable and I want to make them uh, something that you guys are looking forward to listening to and watching. So keep sending those to me either via DM or to my cell phone or whatever. Send us an email or whatever the case is on Facebook or on Instagram. If you have any comments or suggestions or anything like that, I do read them and figure out what's going on. The second thing is uh, we brought back a new view <laughs> of our logo and um, the way it looks and everything. So kudos to Lewis. Um, Lewis went ahead and helped me out this weekend to find the best position and the best lighting. So I think we're going to keep this style for now. I would love to move the chair a little bit to the right. I can't do that now. And I'm going to explain to you why. Okay. Um, if you guys saw the photo that was posted on the remix Instagram and Facebook, my dog Jojo wanted to help me out with setting up. So he just scratched me and scratched me and told me to pick him up. And the moment that I got everything together and, you know, I put my sweater on because I was cold. He just kept doing the same thing. So now I have Jojo on my lap, legit on my lap. And, you know, he's just here. He, he wanted to sit on my lap for a while. And I don't know what his deal is, but I mean... This is why it looks the way it looks. So Jojo, say hi to everybody. Hello. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to put him back down, or at least on my lap. So that's why it kind of looks, whoops. That's why it kind of looks um, funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what's going on. Lots of really cool things um, going on. And um, lots of new stuff that we have that we're going to talk about. And uh, we're going to keep going with the theme of Noah's Ark. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it today, and then Lewis is going to be here on Saturday or on Sunday to talk a little bit more about it as well, but I hope you're enjoying it. So in our last episode, um, we answered the questions, how long is the life expectancy of a human on earth, and why did God destroy the earth with a great flood, and is life short? So if you want to get more information with regards to these answers and what the Bible has to say, definitely check it out on episode 76. And that was the episode before that on any of our streaming uh, channels or on YouTube. <laughs> um, so um, the, the main question was, who do you believe more, God or man? So uh, the episode challenge for our last episode was to start living your life based on faith and what God says in the Bible more than what the world says. So we talked about how you can apply this message um, 
if you are an expectant mother um, who doesn't have your child yet, but you're praying for it, and maybe the doctors may have said it's going to take a miracle for you to go ahead and get pregnant, but you can go ahead and believe God's promise that he will provide you with a family. Um, you can go ahead and apply this if you are struggling with the pandemic because you don't know or you believe that everybody's going to get the coronavirus, so there's nothing else you can do. Instead of believing what they say, the news, the media, you can believe what God says, that he's not going to leave you and he's going to be there for you and he wants the best for you. And then the last example we gave was if you're in substantial debt because you are unemployed as a, you know, as a direct correlation to the pandemic, don't just think that God is not going to give you your unemployment. Keep applying to your job, but believe God's promise that he will provide for you everything that you need. All right. So today we're talking about man with a plan. And like I said, we're going to continue talking about Noah's ark and Noah and his family. So just to get the ball rolling, um, I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter six, verses 11 to 22. And it says, now God saw that the earth had become corrupt. I went too far. Okay. That the world had be the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observes all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth verse 14 build a large boat also known as an ark um from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out then construct decks for heights and stalls within the width throughout the interior make the boat 450 feet long 75 feet wide and 45 feet high Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat and put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Verse 17, look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you, so enter the boat you and your wife and your sons and their wives bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and female into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive and be sure to take on a board enough food for your family and for all the animals. Verse 22, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Now, I know that's a lot to take in, but uh, just to kind of uh, go back a little bit, we see in these verses that God finds it really important to reiterate the fact that he has to explain to Noah why he's doing what he's doing. So how does he reiterate it? He repeats himself. He says in verse 13, when he first talks to Noah and he gives Noah these instructions, he says, hey, I'm about to destroy the earth. Every single thing on this earth that can breathe, I'm about to destroy your earth because the people on the earth are all violent. They're all doing evil things. They're all corrupting. And then he repeats himself again in verse 17. And he says, no, look, 
Exclamation mark. We know how important that is. I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on the earth will die. All right. So we have to understand that it's it's important that God lets no one know what exactly is the reason why he needs to build this boat. He says, hey, I'm going to do this. I need you to understand why. And I need you to pay attention, which is why he says, look, this is what I'm doing. Yes, this is what I'm doing. God is sometimes going to let you know what it is that he wants you to do. And if you don't listen to him the first time, God is going to go ahead and repeat it again. And he doesn't repeat it because he wants to be annoying. He doesn't repeat it because he knows that you're not paying attention. He's repeating it, one, out of love because he cares for you. And two, to protect you. He wants to let you know the same way he told Noah, hey, I'm going to be sending a flood, so I need you to prepare yourself and build an ark. You may be going through something in life. You may be looking for answers. And God is telling you in your prayer time, in your devotional time, in the time that you spend reading the Bible, God is telling you, hey, I want you to do this because I need you to get closer to me. I want you to do this. And he's going to repeat it over and over again until you finally realize that you have to listen to what it is that he's trying to tell you. All right. And he does this because he loves you. Now, the second thing that we notice is that God is a man with a plan with details all around. All right. But details to the nine. Now, here we read that he gives Noah exactly how to build the ark. Every metric, every every unit, every centimeter, every feet, every detail, every height. He goes into specifics how tall he wants it to be. Now, I need you guys to understand that this is not a small boat. This is not a tugboat. This is not a sailboat. No one has to build a gigantic ark, a large ark that is made out of sturdy wood. All right. So the wood is cypress wood. And God thinks I need you to build it this big. And just so you can kind of compare it, the size of the ark is equivalent to one and a half of a football field, of an American football field. So whatever football field you may be living by in any city, think about one whole football field and then half of that. That's almost two large football fields. That's how big this boat is. Now, as I was doing my research on this and I was trying to get you guys to really see or picture what this arc is, I was reading that there's some place in Kentucky where they actually have like a replica of what this ark is. And if you Google it, it's so cool because I just put in Noah's Ark, Kentucky, and you see an actual photo on Google of a huge football field and then just wooden ark on top of the, the football field. And you can see like the front of it and the back of it is still kind of hanging out where the football field is because literally that's how massive this ark is. He's only asking one person to build this ark. And we know that at this time, like he's already like 500 years old. He already has his three kids and his wife. And God tells Noah, I need you to build this ark. There's a reason why he does this. The reason why he does this is because he knows that he could handle it. Now, relating this back to you, 
There may be something that you're going through. There may be something that you have to make a decision for. There may be someone you have to talk to. The reason why God asked you to do that, to speak to that person, to do this, to apply to this job, to move to the city, to make this decision. The reason why he tells you to do those things is because he knows that you can handle it. Whatever it is that you think you might be scared of, that you think may be too big for you, God is a man with a plan, and his plan is always better than ours. God's plan is always bigger and better than any plan that we could ever think of. So do not be overwhelmed. Be just like Noah and go ahead and understand that this task is given to you because he knows you're more than capable of handling it. So this is for whoever needs to get this information or get this revelation. God has your back and he knows that you can handle it. So look forward, listen to what he has to say and go for it. All right. Now, so he tells him exactly what the metrics are, right? Not only does he tell him the metrics on the outside, but he tells him the metrics on the inside. He says it has to be three levels high right? It has to have like all these three different decks. And I was doing the math. And basically, if you have three decks and this thing is about 45 feet high, each one of those decks is about 15 feet. Now that is a huge amount of feet because I'll tell you this, the average apartment in West Palm Beach, the ceilings that are low are anywhere between six to seven feet, right? If you have an apartment that is a little taller in structure, the most you'll have is about nine feet. So right now in my apartment, in this podcast room, we have nine feet tall walls. That's how high the ceiling is. So if you're talking about 15 feet, that is way more than nine feet. I mean, I'm thinking these elephants have to be massive enough to fit in there and still have enough space for the giraffes to put their heads up there. And all these little small creatures that God has also that he wants to put in there, the insects and the squirrels and all these. It's it's amazing how God's plan is so intricate and so detailed. What does this say about us? When God prepares you, he prepares your outside attitude, but he also prepares your inside heart. He's going to make sure that your attitude on the outside is the same attitude that he's the one that's guiding you and wants you to have. But he's going to also prepare you so that the inside heart, the heart that you have is filled with love and compassion and whatever it is that you are asked to do by God, that you are prepared on the outside when others see you and on the inside when you're doing the act that God tells you to do. So he also tells him, Put in your boat, after it's been waterproofed with tar, after you have built it out with wood, after you have made all the separate interior things inside, what are you going to put in the boat? You're going to put in you, Noah, your wife, your three kids, and their wives. So assuming that they only have one wife, even though it is possible that they may have more, but let's just say they have one wife each, it's a total of eight people. Can you imagine eight people in this massive boat? I mean, that is an extraordinary situation going on. And we don't even take in consideration how his wife felt, how his kids felt. I mean, it doesn't talk about them, but I guess they were on board because you know what? Noah obeyed. 
Noah obeyed every single thing. I'll tell you something that I thought was really interesting. The Bible says that Noah went ahead and did everything exactly how God commanded him. It doesn't say that he talked back. It doesn't say that he questioned it. It doesn't say that he was like, well, let me think about it. No, it says basically Noah was told what to do. He listened and then he went ahead and did it and he obeyed without question. And this is something that I couldn't even think of anybody else who would do it because first person I thought of was Moses. When God calls Moses and says, hey, I want you to let my people go. I want to help. I want you to be the person I choose to let the Israelites out of captivity from the Egyptians. Right. Moses talks back to God and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you sure I'm the right person? Because I can't hardly talk. So there's a dialogue between them. But in this story for Noah, there's no dialogue. He hears what God has to say. He does what God has to say. That's it. Point taken. He hears it. He believes God. He trusts God and he obeys God. All right. So another thing to point out here, again, man with the plan, that's who God is. God plans for the animals that are going to be in there to be a specific kind. He says a pair, male and female. All right. A pale. I mean, I'm sorry, a pair of animals. Now, these animals are both domestic and wild. So we're talking about, oh, how cute these little cats and bunnies and all these little creatures that are so easy to train. And then we're talking about massive wild animals like jaguars and cougars and snakes and spiders and all these things. God tells him everything that is put on this earth, you are responsible for moving them into this ark. All right. And he says too, because he's thinking about the future. So he's thinking about what he's doing, right, to, to give a solution to the fact that the people on the earth are being violent, that the people on earth are in sin, they're doing fleshly things, they're not following God's orders. He says, I'm going to wipe them out, but I always have a future. I always have a plan. I won't forget the people that are righteous. I won't forget the people that are called, that I have favor for. I won't forget the people I have a covenant with. I am going to be there for them, as I always have said. And he's there for Noah. He's there for Noah's family. And he's also there for the future. Because we know if you're going to go on a trip with your significant other, with your spouse, in the future, you want to build a family. And that's what he's basically saying. I want to put you and your wife in this boat with your family. I want their family to multiply because once this flood wipes out everybody, I want to make sure there's a future. Same thing with the animals. I want to take a male and a female so that once this is over, the reproduction of these animals can continue to go because I still have a plan. I still have a future. All right. And moving forward, I want to go ahead and skip all the way down to Genesis chapter 7, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 to 5, because I do want to point out that when he says to bring enough food for the family and all the animals, he's actually referring to the fruits, the vegetables, the crops that they have grown in their land, right? All of the things that they have produced, 
He says, make sure that you have enough on board for them. But he moves forward in his plans and he tells God tells Noah even more instructions. So chapter seven of Genesis verses one to five. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all of your family for among all the people of the earth. I can see that you alone are righteous. Verse two, take with you seven pairs. So this is seven pairs, male and female, of each animal that I have approved for eating and for sacrificing and take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and female in each pair to assure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Verse four, seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth and it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights until I've wiped away the earth and all living things that I have created. Verse five. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded. Again, Noah listens to what God says. He does not ask any questions. He does not talk back to him. He does what he's ordered and he obeys it. Almost like if, you know, he's like, I trust you. I want to be with you. I know that you're in control. Thank you so much. His obedience is his way of showing gratitude. And in the same way, whenever we obey God, whenever we obey what the Holy Spirit is telling us, whenever we listen to what God is trying to tell us and obey it, we're also showing God honor. We're also showing God um appreciation and gratitude and we should be able to do all that he asks us to do but with a smile on our face and with joy in our heart and expecting for a brighter future and that's exactly what noah does here with his family now i do want to point out something that when i was reading this again i was like seven pairs i don't remember reading any of that Right. But since we're talking about Noah and we're talking about how God had a plan for him and he's a man with a plan who was very detailed and intricate and had guidelines and he wanted the best for Noah. I want to point out that in verse two, he says, I'm going to let you bring in these pairs of seven pairs of animals. And these seven pairs of animals are the ones you're going to be eating and you're going to be sacrificing to me while in the boat. So even though they're going to be in the boat for 40 days and 40 nights, God still wants him to be honored. God still wants his sacrifice. God still wants his praise. God still wants them to eat and eat well. I mean, come on, guys. Like, none of us really eat just fruits and vegetables. A lot of us, unless you're vegetarian, but a lot of us do eat meat. And if God created all these different animals that are going to be on board, I mean... I'm pretty sure uh, Noah and his wife and his family knew how to cook up some chicken, some cow, you know what I'm saying? Like some meat to go with the grains that they made, to go with the fruits and the vegetables that they produce and put on the ship. And, and it just goes to show you that, again, God is going to prepare you for both what you create or what you produce on your own. All right. With your talents and abilities. But he will also provide for you what you need to provide a sacrifice. 
I'm going to say that again because I want you to understand it, okay? It's kind of like a revelation to what they're saying or applying it to your life. What you produce with your talents and abilities is something that you work hard on, right? So if you produce, um, if you're really good at serving people, if you're really good at cooking, if you're really good at drawing, these are skills that you have worked and developed on, that you have put your time and effort into doing. These are things that you yourself have took the time to produce, right? But then there's other things that you may not know all of it, but because you like doing it, God is going to ask you to sacrifice. And that may be, I'm good at gaming, right? But I need to sacrifice my gaming or find a way to use my gaming to connect with people so that I can build the kingdom of God. How do I do that? If your church is going to do a gaming night for the youth, you can be able to put your fun gaming skills a little bit to the side, but use that skill and quality to produce a new thing in his ministry. And by you doing that, you're sacrificing the time and hours that you could be enjoying yourself playing a game, but by teaching other people so that you can encourage them to come to church. The same thing goes with music, right? Lewis loves to produce music. He does it on the side. And I know he's probably going to hear this and be like, why did you say that? But you know what? He's really good at it. And I've said this before. He's done our intro music. He's done our outro music for the podcast. He does this because he likes to do it. This is a skill that he has worked on and that he has produced. But if anybody from church or if anybody of his friends were to come to the house and ask Lewis, hey, man, I really like that. Like, it would be cool for you to teach me a few things. Lewis would put his own interests to the side and would take the time to teach that person. And while he's doing it, he'll talk about the remix. He'll talk about how, you know, he used to be in a band where he lifted up the name of Jesus. He'll use that skill and sacrifice his own abilities of doing it by himself to teach another person to bring them to God. And that's what I want to, you know, want you guys to really understand that God understands that there's going to be things that we really like doing on our own, but he's going to want also a sacrifice. And that's going to be something that you're going to have to listen and you're going to have to obey. All right. I hope I explained that well, but if I didn't or if you need you know, more clarification, just put a comment or send us a, a DM or something and, and I'll kind of try to explain it a little bit more. But I hope I got the point across. That's what I'm really hoping for. All right. So he has food that's produced, food that's there for eating and sacrificing. And I want to talk a little bit, just a little bit on this seven days thing, because seven is the number of completion. All right. And we know that when God created the earth, he created it in seven days. Well, in six days, but he took the seventh day to rest. So God uses his completion of seven days to basically say this is your deadline okay seven days from now i will make the rains pour and at the time that we read in genesis 6 hey this is what i want you to do that's the beginning of it right until now genesis chapter 7 verse 4 he's basically ranting it about and saying hey in seven days this is the deadline the rain is coming prepare yourself sometimes god will give you a deadline 
And the reason why he gives you a deadline is the same reason why when you're in school or you're at work, a deadline is there so that the assignment can be completed and you can work on your time management. Now, as a believer, it's really important to have time management because it goes with how your relationship with God works, right? In a regular relationship with your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, you're going to spend time, you're going to sacrifice time, and you're going to set certain dates, anniversaries, birthdays, dates out, whatever the case is, right? Deadlines are meant to establish a type of time management. The same thing goes for your relationship with God. If God gives you something to do, you, there is going to be a time. There's going to be a time where God is going to say, it would be great if you get it done by this time. Or he's going to set things around so that the time comes where you feel like, wow, God prepared me to this point because he wants me to do it on this day. Be very careful with the time that God gives you. Because like we said in our last episode, life may seem short. And some of those opportunities that God gives us may pass by. But it's never too late to go ahead and look back on the things that God once gave us and rework it out, obey his instructions and get it working so that you can make a new deadline, a deadline that is going to literally build the kingdom of God. All right. So. Verse five, he reiterates, Noah did everything as the Lord commanded. God planned it all. Point blank. That's what I want to get across here. God is a man with a plan. God knows your future. God wants you to get everything done and he wants the best for you, but he is detailed and he is intricate and he has guidelines. And if there's one thing that we can really get from all of this from Noah, from this particular part of building the ark, setting it up, putting the animals in, is this. All God wants from us is first to listen to him, and second, to obey him. That's it. God wants us to listen to his instructions, to his plans, listen to his voice, listen to what it is he wants for you, listen to things that he says in the word of God, in the Bible, and then he wants us to obey it. And these things may seem really simple, but you know what? It's not really that simple when you think about it, okay? Sometimes we think that we can do things better than God. How do we say that we do things better than God? We hear God's voice and we ignore it, or we hear God's voice and we only obey some of it or half of it, right? So if God says, hey, I gave you a dream, I, and what did you do with it? Like, I told you how to do it. Like, what's going on? You're like, oh, no, like, that was a dream for a season. Was it really a dream for a season or did you give up on it? Like, sometimes we want to obey God when it's convenient. And this is something that's just like, wow, right? Sometimes we only want to obey God when it's convenient to us, when we feel like we're ready independently. The problem with that is that you're never going to know if you're really ready it's kind of like when you become a parent. How many times do I hear parents, even my parents, say, hey, there's no manual on how to deal with your kids when you have your first kid. You can read the word of God. You can try to do everything you can. But there's no specific manual with guides and steps and tools, okay? 
with you and what you're doing, you have to know that God is a man with a plan. God's steps and tools and everything to do. God is the one who wants you to do what he says so that you don't end up looking back and saying, oh, it was so hard to get here. If we do things the way that God wants us to do, it's going to be easier for us to get by our trials, our tribulations, and our situations. If we listen to the voice of God more, instead of listening to what we think is better, then the projects and the goals that we have and the resolutions that we had will become even more fruitful, even more in multiplying, even more in, in blessings for others because we're listening to God and we're obeying him in every single way that he commands it, just like Noah. So this episode's challenge is going to be think of a dream or think of a goal that you had set, that you had written down, and that you once had for this year. And if you never got a chance to do your resolutions for this year, or you changed them because the pandemic changed it, go back and, and think about what it is that God told you to do and why. Listen to what it was that he wanted you to do at the beginning of 2020. And then... Go back and do it. Obey him the way he wants you to obey him. Like, again, it's never too late for you to revive your dreams. It's never too late for you to work on your goals. It's never too late for you to not see things the way that God first intended them to be. Yes, we have made mistakes. Yes, we may have changed our thoughts. Yes, things may have been a little sidetracked because of what's going on in 2020. But honestly, we need to go back. We need to listen to what it is that God told us to do or put in our hearts or had in our minds, our business plan, our uh, cooking show, our podcast, our written blog, our video tutorials, whatever it is that God put on your heart to go ahead and get you excited for for 2020. Go ahead and revive them. Listen to him, apply the word of God to them and obey them. All right. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Remix Movement. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to see you again next week. But Lewis and I are going to be on the podcast on audio coming up on Sunday. God bless. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Remix Movement for more updates. Send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless.